0: And I just want to say it is so good to be back here with everybody today. You all look wonderful and beautiful. And I have a story I want to tell you this morning. And forgive me for saying don't give any praise requests. And Becky, you're forgiven. Um, There will be a time. So please be thinking about what you want to praise the Lord for. I've used this passage once before in a different way, and I hope that's okay if there there are any um, Bible police keeping track of how many times I use a particular passage or whatever, you can mark this one down. This is a repeat of the passage, but definitely not the same topic. So hopefully that will pass the test. I woke up early one morning this week with a very odd... Thing in my mind, and I knew it was the Lord, instantly when I opened my eyes, one word, Audrey, praisers. The word was praisers. This was the topic for this morning's message, and this is what we're going to be talking about in 2 Chronicles 20, 20th chapter, and we will be reading a few verses in around chapter uh, verse 20 as well but before we do let's just pray father we thank you for your presence we thank you that no power can stop your holy spirit from moving in our midst we're so thankful for that and we ask now for freedom in the word of God, freedom in the spirit of God, freedom in this place to hear and understand about praisers in Jesus' name. So just a little bit of background. And I always say this won't take very long, and it won't. In 2 Chronicles chapter 17, when King Jehoshaphat began to rule, the Bible says that he was a godly king. And that the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, in that he walked in the ways of his father, or his ancestor, David, for he was not his biological father. And that Jehoshaphat had no regard for Balaam, the idol Balaam, and he removed all of the idol-worshiping groves and all the high places, now, that's not the high place that we sang about, that we place Jesus on the highest place of our heart, and we reign, he reigns over us. This is the high places that the idol worshipers went to to worship their gods. And King Jehoshaphat saw the folly in that, and he tore them all down in the places that he ruled in Judah. He loved and he cared for the people, He established the country with prosperity, stability, and safety, placing armies on the city walls for protection, and he was greatly loved by all the people. Verse 10 of chapter 17 says that the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms surrounding Judah so that they had great peace. And even the other nations, Palestine and Arabia, brought him great gifts of wealth, and he used it to build up Judah with great buildings and commerce. But, chapter 18, verse 1, and I'm quoting this from the Message Bible, but even though Jehoshaphat was very rich and much honored, he entered into a marriage alliance with Ahab, the wicked king of Israel. And Ahab threw him a huge barbecue and showed him great honor. But he had ulterior motives and said, Jehoshaphat, will you go to war with me in Ramoth-Gilead? And the Message Bible says that Jehoshaphat replied this way, You bet, Ahab, I'm with you all the way, man. And as it turned out, this was part of Ahab's plot to get Jehoshaphat killed in the battle. For if you recall, the part we did talk about uh, months back when we talked about it was that Ahab dressed him up, dressed Jehoshaphat up in his own kingly robes to attract the enemy to him so that he would get killed in the battle. But God had a different plan. God's providential hand protected Jehoshaphat, and instead, with Ahab's full armor, the Bible says that an arrow went through a chink in his armor and killed him. Think about it. So Jehoshaphat learned a very valuable lesson, and he went back to Judah, and he ruled righteously before the Lord, installing godly priests, judges, and lawyers to serve the people. And that brings us to our text in chapter 20. And the Bible says that after a while, the surrounding forces plotted against Jehoshaphat, but his godly ways remained steadfast before the Lord, and this time he immediately called a fast and a solemn assembly of all the people in Judah. And he said, church, listen to this word, or country, listen to this word. The country must unite in fasting and prayer for God's intervention, for us to be saved from certain destruction, for the joined forces are a huge host. And verse 5, and Jehoshaphat offered a prayer in front of the temple. God, will you not judge our enemy? For we are helpless against this strong army that surrounds us, but our eyes are upon you. And verse 17, "And and a prophet stood up in the congregation of the people and spoke this word of the Lord, saying, You shall not need to fight this battle, For this battle is mine. Fear not, for I will be with you. You remember the prophet telling Jehoshaphat and the people those words. This battle is mine. And verse 18. And Jehoshaphat and all the people bowed to the ground and worshipped the Lord. And the Levites stood up with a shout of praise to the Lord. In verse 20, early in the morning, Jehoshaphat encouraged the people with the Lord's words. Be not afraid. Believe in the Lord your God, so you shall be established. Believe his, pro- his prophets, so you will prosper. In verse 21, and Jehoshaphat consulted with all the people, and he appointed a choir of singers and they should, that they should march ahead of the people singing praises to the Lord. They sang, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing praises, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy armies and they began to slay each other. So that when Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah approached, all they saw were dead bodies. God had sent his angel armies to fight this battle, and the enemy killed each other instead of destroying Judah. In verse 25, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found an abundance of riches Precious jewels, more than they could carry away, and they were three days spoiling the enemy. And on the fourth day, they set up an altar, and they worshipped God. And they returned to Jerusalem with psalteries, harps, and trumpets, and went into the house of the Lord to worship and the fear of god was upon all those round about and the realm of jehoshaphat was quiet for god gave them rest i want to look at the pivotal part of this story for just a minute for this is the the message that the lord gave me the role of the praisers and i am <laughs> i'm using present tense words because it applies to us. And, you know, the assignment hasn't changed for appraisers. They have such, they, we, you, have such an important job to do. It's often a very thankless job. They're out front, on the stage, on display, No matter what went on beforehand, they're out front. No matter the fear, no matter the emotional turmoil, no matter, no matter, they're out there in the front ahead of the fighters. That gives them a very unusual part to play. To sing instead of fight? (laughs) Praisers are appointed and anointed by God. Praisers enter into his anointing. Jehoshaphat was anointed to choose the praisers, and then he led them, and the people followed. God will give the praisers the ability, the skill, if they are obedient and conditions might not be the best think about this they couldn't have sounded too great marching outside literally possibly marching to their own death uh, no microphones but still they sang down the presence of god i feel like that's what we did this morning obstacle happen things happen pressing through, we brought down the praise and the glory and the presence of God anyway. And the Bible says, when they praised, the Lord set the ambushments. The Lord sent his army host to take care of it all, and they didn't have to fight. So the praisers used praise as a defensive weapon to fight a spiritual battle. The Lord had told them that the battle was his, but they had to use their voice in praise to overcome fear and doubt. And that sets up praise to precede victory. Think about it. Praise precede victory. And God anointed those praisers to be victorious And they did indeed win that battle. And I said that praisers bring us into his presence. But the praise has to be spoken out. Yes, you can praise quietly in your mind and in your heart. But speak it out and it becomes a weapon against Satan. It was loud. It was meant to be heard so that all the others could hear it too and be encouraged. And praise makes us have the ability to perceive the glory of God. Think about how many times when you are praising the Lord in song or just in worship, how many times you feel that swelling up, that glory come over, that aura. You push it out and he pushes it down and meets us in the middle. We're overcomers, the Bible says, by the word of God and our testimony. It becomes a testimony when we speak it. Paul and Silas were in prison, couldn't have been any worse conditions. Well, I guess they could have been dead, but they were, they were in a bad way. And yet they praised and sang praises to God And those prison bars flew open. There are many, many examples of praisers throughout the Word of God. But I'm only gonna use one this morning Jehoshaphat's ancestor, David. Just look at his praise qualifications, he had it all. He was king, he was a shepherd, he was a psalmist. A writer, a musician, a conductor, a singer, and a dancer. He could praise the Lord with whatever means he chose. Everything he did was a praise unto the Lord. As we come to the close of this, I want to take a few minutes to give personal praise reports to the Lord. We don't do this very often, as Don said. And I had it built into this, and I didn't want to get it out of order. So get your brain going again. If you ever can't think of anything to praise the Lord for, remember what the praisers in 2 Chronicles 20 praised the Lord for. His mercy endures forever, and the beauty of his holiness. And I'm going to start. I want to give the Lord praise for something that happened to me this past week. It may sound trivial, and I guess in a way it is, but it's my praise, and it's in my heart, and I want to share it with you, and I've already thanked the Lord, but I will definitely thank him again and again. As some of you know, I sew quite a bit and this past week I got a beautiful sewing machine almost identical to my really good one that I have at home completely free from a group that I belong to on Facebook called Buy Nothing Project. Everything on it is free. You just take a picture of something you wanna get rid of, post it on Facebook in this this section of their uh, Buy Nothing project, and within minutes, 10 people will say, I want that, I want that, I want that, please consider me, I want that. So then you give them, you pick one, if you're the poster of the item, you pick it, you pick your winner and you tell them to private message you and you give them your address You put the item out on your porch, they drive up and get it and go away and they live happily ever after with what you wanted to get rid of. I just happened to be looking at this site when this sewing machine popped up right in front of me and I knew instantly I wanted it and I instantly said, I would love to have this and she said, I'm moving, it's yours, be here in 15 minutes. And in 20 minutes, I was back home with that sewing machine. So you think, well, okay, that's really wonderful. It is, but that's not the story. I cleaned it up, threaded it up. And I thought, you know, I'm, because it's a Kenmore-Janome mix, Janome is a brand of sewing machines, and that's the one that I have at home that's a very nice machine. I thought, I'm gonna watch a couple of YouTube videos on how to, because it did not come with a manual. So I'm gonna watch a couple of YouTube videos on how to clean it and, you know, just the ins and outs of this particular machine, so I start off with it in a good way. So I did, I watched one and it was boring and not much to learn. And I found this other one and I thought, I'm gonna watch this, so I turned it on And this lady said, before we get started, let's just go over one thing. Now remember, and she takes out the bobbin, which is the little thing in the bottom that is the bottom thread on a, on a uh, garment. When you put the bobbin in, stay with me here, <laughs> the thread must come off the bobbin counterclockwise and I literally gasped and hit my chest and said, what? I've been sewing since I was, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old, and I've only had three machines, and this last machine that I have, I have had nothing but problems with. I put the bobbin in clockwise And I knew because the manufacturers were the same, it would be the same on my machine. Sure enough, I went to my machine, I pulled out the bottom bobbin and it was clockwise. I put it back in counterclockwise and it sewed perfect stitches. I had just made eight baby birth cloths that the bottom stitches were very wonky. They were not straight, Perfect stitches. And when I put the bobbin in, counterclockwise, it sewed perfectly. Tell me that was not the Lord. That I watched, I was looking at the Facebook post. When that popped up in front of me, I was able to go get it immediately. And I watched the one video where she says, before we get started, let's just go over the bobbin. It has to go counterclockwise. I could not believe it. I feel like I've been blessed with two brand new machines because mine's so, so beautiful now. And then to close that all off, to top it all off, I asked Morgan, Doug's daughter Morgan. She had told me that she sews and I said, Morgan, would you like to have a sewing machine that I have? Not not either of the two that I just talked about, but another one. And I have another one besides that, <laughs> that my mother gave me when I was uh, graduated from high school, and I won't part with that one. But this middle one, an Elna brand, Morgan said, Grandma, I would love to have it. So she came over yesterday and got it, and we went through all the ins and outs of that. So... The Lord blessed, and I'm so thankful, and I give him all the praise and all the glory for it. Now, who else wants to raise a hallelujah to the Lord and give him praise?
1: I have a laundry list of big things and little things. I'm thankful for health. I spent hours yesterday digging holes in the ground and, and getting muddy and I survived. So I'm thankful to be able to do that still. I'm thankful for my family, for a wife that's nothing but addition. There's no subtraction in, in, in our home, it's all addition. And her commitment to the Lord, keeps me committed to the Lord. And that, that complimentary, uh, I'm not a complimentarian, but <laughs> that compliment, complimenting our relationship in our home and as a mother and my kids and their health um so thankful you know what we went through with dad reminded us you know how what a miracle it is to live every day and all the little things that can go wrong can almost be frightening when you spend that much time in hospitals and and see all every system that is impacted by other things and it's an amazing thing that we get up and come to to church or get up and do anything and continue to eat and breathe because there's so much delicate things um that can go wrong and so I'm thankful that the Lord keeps us going. I, uh, I get a little, uh, this is an odd one, I get a little, uh, I, feel, I feel a bit gratified when I see the current administration tripping over itself the way it is, um, because, uh, you know, people are waking up. Uh, people, I, I hear very, very, people you'd never believe say, we're being fed a pack of lies about the... COVID or about this or that, people you'd never ever imagine saying, we have been fed politics. You know, where, when did the truth leave the stage? It's been gone for a long time. I'm thankful for that because people need to wake up and people need to find truth and stop believing everything that our news tells us. Uh, but finally, more of a, of a spiritual note, it was about a year ago that, um, a little less than a year ago that mom preached the sermon, Stay in the Wake. And you probably all remember that. And, you know, I've been reminded of that again and again and again and again, listened to it several times on uh, the recording, and I think we've done that, and God has proven faithful to this church and to us, to this body. We've done our best, I think, to stay in His wake, and we've done our best best to lean on Him and not on our own understanding, and as a result, we've been, been protected we've been we've not had a um, million dollars in fines and God has been faithful to this body and to each one of us and I'm very thankful for that.
0: Amen. Okay. John 4:23 says <clears throat> you can stand. This is this will be our closing. Jesus talks about true praise and where it comes from. It comes from the heart. It doesn't matter if it's in the church house or it's on a mountain or where it is. Praise has to come from the spirit or the heart. For these are who the Father seeks to worship him. Don't you want to be one of the ones that the Father seeks to worship him? I certainly do. Father, we're so thankful. We're so grateful. We give you praise, Lord, for your beauty of holiness and that your mercy endures forever we thank you for the big things lord we thank you for salvation we thank you for our health we thank you for the friends and family lord but we thank you for the little things too the bits and the bobbins, lord whatever they are we thank you because we recognize your hand in all of these things Be with us today, Lord. Go with us this week and keep the song in our heart as Sharon shared, Lord. We give you praise and glory in your precious holy name. Amen and amen.